1: So, without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. We're sharing a powerful message with you that's called Pathways to Increase Intimacy with God. Brothers and sisters, an awesome door of opportunity has been opened to all of us who've been born again. All of us who are born again have the awesome opportunity to have a close, intimate, personal relationship with God. But unfortunately, although that opportunity is made available to all of us, not many of us. Have and enjoy a close, intimate relationship with God. One of the reasons why is because too many of us don't know how to increase our intimacy with Him. There are things that can be done by each and every one of us to increase the intimacy between God and us. There are pathways that each and every one of us can take that'll get us to the place where we'll have the close, intimate relationship with God that He desires to have with us. So come on, y'all. Let's learn about how to get there. So, without further ado... Let me share today's message with you. It's called Pathways to Increase Intimacy with God. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes.
2: So we're in First John chapter 5.
1: We'll read verse 1.
2: It says, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begotteth loveth him also that is begotten of, of him. By this, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. That word grievous is talking about hard. Ain't nothing hard about doing what God wants us to do. Ain't nothing ain't hard about doing what God said do. The hard part is deciding to do it. But once you decide to do it, it's an easy thing to do especially when that word gets up on the inside of you. Now see, we read here that choosing to remain sinless is a demonstration of a true love for the Father. We see here that choosing to remain sinless is a demonstration of a true love for the Father. By this, we know that we love the children of God. Why? Because when we love God, because when we love God and keep his commandments. See, when we love God, we keep his commandments. Yes, sir. That word love right there is talking about affection. When we have an affection for God, we'll keep his commandments. I helped me. I don't know whether you know. There's one of those verses that I bleeped, bleeped on right here because I was like excited when I found that out. Because when he said that I need you to love me, I didn't, I didn't know how to have an affection for God. I didn't know how. How do you love somebody you don't see? How you love, I, I, I couldn't figure that out. That was like going right past me, praise God. And I was, I, was, I was having difficulty with that. And I'd hear people talking about, oh, I love God with all my heart. And I'm sitting there thinking like, mm-hmm. But I'm thinking like, I'm hit because I, I, ain't, I ain't got all these affections like that. I don't have that, praise God. But then when he, I read that and the Lord showed me that and he equated my affection with him, with my willingness to do what he said do, I said that I can do. I don't have to be all ooey-gooey with God. In fact, God ain't interested in your ooey-gooey. He's interested in your doey-doey. Is anybody hearing me up in here? It ain't your ooey-gooey, it's your doey-doey that he's concerned about. He needs you to do what he said do. Because when you do what he said do, you demonstrate your love for him. See, that's why we're a person, we're we're, we're his uh, intimate children. We're his close children. And so because we're his close children, then we demonstrate our love for God and our affection for God by doing what he told us to do. See, our choosing not to sin is a demonstration of our affectionate love for our God. It is a demonstration of our affectionate love for our Father. That when we choose to not do, notice my terminology, choose, because it's a choice. When we choose to do what he told us to do, then that's a demonstration of my love for you. All I got to do is do what he said do, and I'm demonstrating in my love for him. Well, the same is true in reverse. Our choosing to sin is a demonstration of our lack of affectionate love for our Father. Because, you know, a nickel is five cents, whether it's heads or tails. Don't matter which side it's turned on, it's still a nickel. And so if you love God and you will do what he said he'll do, and it's a demonstration of your love for him that you do what he said he'll do, then the fact that you don't do what he says do is a demonstration of your lack of affection for him. That you ain't got, you ain't feeling him. You ain't got no love for him. If you keep doing what he said do, when he told you, stop. It's a demonstration of lack of love. Now, the very first commandment that we're given is to love of the Lord our God with all our heart and all our soul and all our might. And if we can equate it with this equation that love equals doing, then he's telling you, do what I'm telling you to do with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. Do what I'm telling you to do. Why? Because the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy might. That the Lord our God is one Lord. Praise God. And you're going to do what he said do with all your heart and all your soul and all your might. Why? Because he's Lord. Hallelujah. Supreme in authority. Because he's Lord. He's the chiefest of the chief ones. He's Lord. And we should love him with all our heart and all our soul and all our might. Turn to John chapter 14, please. Hallelujah. I found that out. He said, if you love me, you'll do what I said do. And if you don't, you're demonstrating that you don't love me. Because you won't do what I said do. Because it's always a choice. Well, I couldn't stop myself. You're lying. Yes, you could. Because it's a choice. You chose not to stop yourself. John chapter 14, verse 15. Letters in red, Jesus speaking. He said, if ye love me, keep my commandments. How's that for clarity? If you love me, keep my commandments. I like clarity. I don't know about you. You can't, even, you can't even twist this to say nothing else. If you love me, keep my commandments. And we found out that that, that, that that means do what he said do. See, God equates loving him with us. God equates loving him with us living life like he wants us to live it. Therein does he demonstrate his love for us. See, God equates keeping his commandments with loving him. That's good news. Now, this word right here, love, is the word agape. This is talking about unconditional love. That if you love me unconditionally, then you'll keep my commandments. If you love me unconditionally, you'll you'll keep my commandments. In other words, no matter what the condition, our love for God stays the same. We'll keep on doing what he said. No matter what the condition we love him enough to do what he said he'll do because our love goes beyond conditions, which means regardless of the condition, we're going to do what he said he's going to do. Amen. That if I'm broke, I'm going to obey his commandments. Right. That if I don't have enough, I'm still going to obey his commandments. Right. So he's not saying it based upon that if all your money right, he said, just do what I said do. You're getting quiet on me. Because, you know, a lot of folks stop tithing when their money get wrong. A lot of folks stop giving when their money get wrong. Well, God, don't expect me. If you love me without conditions, then you'll do what I said do. Well, I cussed them out because they cussed me out. If you love me, you'll do what I said without conditions. Which means that I don't care how many people get in your face, spit in your face while they're saying it, spraying you while they're saying you. Are you listening to me? That you'll still control yourself and act like you're supposed to. Look at your neighbor and say, "Ooh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's what he's expecting you to do. Without conditions. See, because of that, it takes all that stuff out of our conversation about, well, see, well, see you got to understand. No, see, ain't nothing to understand. There's only one thing to understand. You don't love him like he said. Because if you loved him like he said, you'd do what he said. Which means you don't need to try no harder. You just need to love him more. And, the, and, and you love him more by knowing him more because the closer you get to him, the more you'll see for him for who he is, the more you'll recognize him for who he is, and the more you recognize him for who he is, you'll be able to do what he said do because they that know their God shall do. Amen. He said love me. In other words, no matter what the condition, our love for God stays the same. And since God equates loving him with us living life like he wants us to live, then regardless to the conditions, we will continue to live life the way God wants us to live, and that's sinless. That means that there's no circumstance or situation which makes it okay to sin. None. There's no situation or circumstance where you don't understand how fine she was. They got nothing to do with it. You don't, you don't understand. My, my, wife, my wife ain't did nothing with me and I don't know how long. You don't, what do you expect me to do? Stay sinless. That's what I expect you to do. Amen. Well, you got to understand. <laughs> and, and, and you got to understand. Praise God. Understand what I'm dealing with. Pastor, you don't understand. You need to understand. See, you just, you're just so insensitive <laughs> to, what I'm, to what I'm dealing with. No, it's not me, it's God. But God know you about to jump your tail off from the the frying pan into the fire if you do something other than what he said to do. And God said, just don't sin against me and do what I said to. And once again, once again, once again, God's not going to say to do nothing that you can't do. Hallelujah. And since God equates loving him with us living life like he wants us to live, then regardless of the conditions, we will continue to live life the way God wants us to live. And that's sinless. We will keep our father's commandments. We'll keep them. That word keep right there means to guard from injury or loss. We guard them. Because the devil gonna try to take you, take it from you. You need to guard it and hold on to what he said to you. He said, do this, this is what I'm gonna do. But I like this. Properly, the word keep means to watch by keeping the eye upon. To watch by keeping the eye upon. In other words, if we keep our eye upon God's commandments, we'll have the ability to keep his commandments. If we keep our eye upon his commandments, we'll have the ability to keep his commandments. Remember the Lord said, if you keep your eye fixed on me, I will keep you in perfect peace. He said in his word that we keep our eye on Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Which means he authored your faith. Faith, he'll continue. He'll keep your faith strong. Which means, if you keep your eye on what God said to you, then then you will have the power to do what God said do. But if you don't keep your eye on what God said to you, then it'll be easy you to d- divert from what God said to you, because you're focusing on the circumstances and situations, the conditions that are all around you, rather than focusing on the God who told you what to do, and the word that He gave me and you. See, it's easy to keep God's commandments if you keep them in your eye. And that's what we need to do. We need to learn to keep it in our eye. See, turn, turn to John chapter 15, please. We need to keep it before us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, keeping God's commandment is a true demonstration that we really do operate as close, intimate sons, just like Jesus did. Keeping God's commandments is a true demonstration that we really, really do operate as close, intimate sons, just like Jesus did. John chapter 15, we'll start reading in verse 10. It reads, if ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you. And that, and that your joy might be full. Now, Jesus loved his father. Therefore, he chose not to sin. He loved his father. Therefore, he chose not to sin. Jesus chose not to sin so that he could abide in his father's love. That word abide right there means to remain in a given place, state, relation and expectancy, to remain in a given place, state, relation, and expectancy, which means that the love that he had for his father, he intended to abide in it, to stay there, remain there, to dwell there, to not get out out of there. And if anything would draw him away from abiding in his father's love, then he said, no, then I'm going to not have nothing to do with that. Why? Because I love my father and I love being loved by my father and I want to stay in my father's love. And so since I want to stay in my father's love, I'm going to stay there like it's fit like a glove. I'm not moving. I'm going to abide in it. 20th century New Testament, it renders verse 10, 10 this way. Maybe to will be helpful to you. It says, if you lay my commandments to heart, you will remain in my love. Just as I laid the father's commandments to heart and remain in his love. See, once again, it goes back to the heart. Everybody say the heart. heart. See, we need to lay God's commandments to heart so that from his love we will not depart. We need to lay it to our heart so that from his love we will not depart. When that love is in when that when that word is in your heart, I'm telling you once again, it's now you. That's because when we lay God's commandments in our heart, they become a part of you. It becomes a part of us. Then it won't be something that we try to do, but instead it'll be just what we do because that's just what we do. Amen. Because now it's you. Yes, yes, sir. Amen. That's why life will be trying to do right. They be trying to do right, Pastor. I'm trying, Pastor. I'm trying. Bible don't say nothing in the, it. Don't say nothing in the Bible about you trying. Jesus don't say, here, try this. Get back with me and see how I can, see how it work out. He don't say nothing. He say obey. He say do. Y'all not working with me up in here. He say obey. He say do. He don't say nothing about no try. God, quit trying. Do. But you got to do what you're supposed to do so that you can do what he say do. Because if you don't do what he say to do, you ain't going to do what he say to do. You got to do it before you can do it. So come on, do it so you can do it. What do I need to do? I need to keep the word before my eye. I need to put it in my heart. Because if I don't get it in my heart, it ain't going to be a part of me and then it ain't going to be me. God say, stop this. He said, that ain't me. God say, do this. That's, that's, but that's not me. I know. But God say, you get that word in you, it'll become you. And once it become you, it'll be the easiest thing in the world to do because now it's you. See, God's trying to stop you from being old you and get you to be the new you. God's trying to stop you from being old you and get you to be the new you because you think, no, but see, that's just me. No, that was the old you, but you never learned about the new you. And because you never learned about the new you, you're still trying to be the old you. But the old you have passed away. But you're still trying to be that each and every day. But you just got to learn now what the word has to say because he's telling you about the new you, how you do what you do. See, when you get brought into a new family, you must divest yourself from everything that the other family used to do. And you have to pick up the characteristics of the new family now. If your old family didn't eat with forks and spoons, and then you come up in a house that does eat with forks and spoons, don't be picking up nothing with your hands. You got to learn to use forks and spoons like everybody else. Somebody, hear me up in here. You got to keep. See, we need to get this thing in our heart. See, Jesus' choice to keep His Father's commandments and to not sin was because. It's what he called his joy. Jesus' choice to keep his father's commandment and to not sin is what he calls his joy. He called it his joy. Verse 11, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. See, it's a joy that keeps God's commandments. It's a joy. To, wait till you do it. It's going to be fun. I used to think sin was fun. I found out something's funner doing what God said do. Because I found out sin is the fake and and, and God's commandment is the real chocolate cake. It's a joy to keep God's commandment. It's a joy to not sin against God. And Jesus wants the joy that he experienced of keeping his father's commandments to be enjoyed by us too. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 5. He wants you to experience it too. That's why he's sharing with you the word so that you can do what he said do. He ain't trying to rip you off a of life. He's trying to help you get the life. Ephesians chapter five, verse one, letters in red, Jesus. Well, no, they ain't in red. They ain't black, praise God. <laughs> but, but they was taught to Paul and Paul's now teaching it to us. He said in verse one, be therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also have loved us and have given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savior. So notice he said, be therefore followers of God. That word followers right there translates imitators. See, we're to be imitators of God, of Jesus. We're to be imitators of Jesus and live our lives just like Jesus lived his life. Listen what he said he did, verse two. And walk in love as Christ also loved us and walk in love as Christ also loved us. Notice what it said. Jesus walked in love, but his walk in love was twofold, not onefold. This only speaks of onefold, but it has an elliptical statement of, an, of, of, of another fold. Here it says that Jesus walked in love as, 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 and walk in love as Christ also loved us. It's talking about his love for us. But this is a demonstration of his living out the second commandment. This is a demonstration of him living out the second commandment, which is love thy neighbor as thyself. But there's a first commandment that precedes the second commandment. There's a first commandment that precedes the second commandment. In fact, the first commandment is that we love the Lord our God with all our hearts and all our soul and with all our might. The first commandment precedes the second commandment, and the second commandment proceeds from it. The first commandment precedes The second commandment and the second commandment proceeds from it, which means when you do the first, you are now empowered to do the second. When you do the first, you are now empowered to do the second. The reason why Jesus loved us is because he loved his father and his father loved us. And because his father loved us and he loved his father, he loved what his father loved, which is us. And because he loved what his father loved, which is us, he could easily go to the cross and give his life for us. Amen. That he would, say, he would be able to say, for the joy that was set before me, I endure at the cross. Amen. Wait a minute, how do you figure crosses is joyful? How do you, how you get joy out of getting nailed to a cross? Amen. How many of y'all would want to get nailed to a cross just to have a good time? Amen. What you going to do tonight? I'm getting nailed to a cross. What you going to do? Praise <laughs> God. Sound like fun. Can I do it too? How many of y'all would say something like that? You're looking at me perplexed, praise God. Well, Jesus said, for the joy that's set before me, I endure the cross. Well, why was it joy set before Why was he considered joy? Because it pleased the father to bruise him. Because the father got joy out of it, he got joy out of it. Because the father got joy out of it, he got joy out of it. Isaiah fifty three said for the joy. For the, Isaiah chapter fifty three said it pleased the Father to bruise him. The Father was rejoicing with every stripe. Why? Because that was what He was doing in order to be able to reconcile all of us to Him. Hallelujah. And every stripe saw one step closer, one step closer, one step closer to the reconciliation, and He got excited about it. Hallelujah. And Jesus was grinning about it too. Hallelujah. Excited about the fact that he went through that for me and you. He endured the cross, despising the shame. But at the same time, he did it in his father's name. Well, 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 he did it because he loved his father.
1: Well, that's all the way I have time for today. I hope that you're blessed by what the word of God had to say. I hope that you learn a little bit more about the intimate relationship that God wants to have with us. I hope even more that you're finding out about the pathways that we're to take to have that increased intimacy that God wants to be experienced by us. So, let's believe God's Word is true and benefit from the things that our loving God desires for me and you. Let's walk along the pathways to the increased intimacy with God that He's laid out for me and you. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just contact the church office at area code 210 785 That's area code 210 785 or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassi Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'd be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP, but it's always best when you can get it live. So if you're in or visiting San Antonio or surrounding area, come on by and see us. Word of Faith Christian Center is located at 1928 Bassi Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon. Thursday evenings at 645, Saturday afternoons at 430, And Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation and you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. If you need a ride, we'll be glad to come and get you. So come on through. You'll be blessed if you do. I guarantee you. We also invite all the young adults in San Antonio and surrounding areas to come out to our Young Adult Fellowship tomorrow evening. It's called GAA, that's short for generation anointed and a fire. GAA is a young adult ministry with a different flavor for a different generation. It's a ministry for young adults ages 18 through 30-ish who come together to celebrate the awesomeness of being young, brilliant, beautiful, born again and fired up for Christ. The fellowship starts at 7 p.m. and it lasts until they go home. A G W hanging. hang Child care is provided at no charge. The VIP transportation service is available for this too. Just call the church office and arrange a ride if you need a ride. We'll be glad to come and get you. So come on through. You'll be so blessed if you do. It's just good to find some other young saints in San Antonio who are also walking this thing out God's way. Whoever well, thought of being young and saved is boring must not know G Dub. Don't forget to tune into our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, Lord, we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you tomorrow.